This is Sean McGuire, host of America's Healthcare Challenge radio show, and I'm joined today by Mr. Stuart Swonen, president of SIG Consulting Limited and Renaissance Captive Solutions. Stuart has been a frequent guest on our show for over the past three years. He's a nationally known benefit consultant, writer, and speaker, and has developed many innovative insurance programs during his career and continues to look for creative solutions to today's post-ACA benefit challenges. Stuart, thank you so much for being on with us today. How are you? Hi, Sean. Yeah, I'm great. I've been, uh, I'm happy to be with you. Great. That's fantastic. I know you've been in the business benefits business for many years. Can you give us a little background of what areas you concentrate and why? Sure. <clears throat> I've been in the insurance business for more than 40 years. Uh, I chose to specialize in the employee benefits area because I enjoy working with employers, professional practices, uh, and associations in solving their employee benefit problems. Knowing the rules and lo- for large employers contained in the ACA laws, what are their choices today? Well, large applicable employers are by ACA definitions are businesses who have 50 or more full-time or full-time equivalent employees and who must offer health insurance to at least 95% of their full-time employees' independents or pay a fee. Historically, they have offered fully insured plans from insurance carriers who operated in the group insurance marketplace. Those choices are getting fewer and fewer today, Sean. So are there any other answers to the choices that large employers may have today? Yeah. um, Over the past five to seven years, many of those employers have moved on to uh, self-funded marketplace uh, in an attempt to get a better control over the programs that they offered. Uh, Employers saw that, that under that arrangement, they could have one good year, one bad year, uh, and either another good or bad year with no long-term control other than uh, understanding why they received those premium rate increases for their losses. Now it's several years later, and those premium increases uh, seen in the fully insured marketplace have now caught up to this marketplace as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've received many comments from large employers about what their frustrations are. Could you describe some of the uh, of these comments and uh, what you see in the marketplace? Sure. Uh, the frustration you just described uh, is being felt on several levels. Premiums for a family of four reached uh, $25,000 uh, and change in 2016, uh, with employers paying 57% of that cost, or 14000 and change, for a PPO plan. According to the most recent Millman uh, Medical Cost Index, hospital and physician networks are being narrowed and health uh, care plan options uh, that are offered are being limited. Obviously, this is not a pretty picture looking into the 2017 benefits year, Sean. Right. Well, with all of this, um, employees are are feeling boxed in, aren't they? Uh, Can you tell us about what you're hearing uh, when you're talking to those folks? Yeah. Uh, employees are feeling boxed in. Their portion of the premium costs uh, I just mentioned is uh, $6,700 or about 43% of that cost. But when you add their out-of-pocket costs, we see a total of $11,000 in change annually. For many employees, this is simply unaffordable. So their choice is, do I accept this offer or do I pay the ACA penalty? 
which will be over $750 for 2017 for them and their spouse, uh, there's, uh, uh, each, uh, plus uh, $347 per child under age 18 to a maximum family penalty of 2.5% of their adjusted gross income, or $2,085, whichever is the greater. With the new Trump administration and Congress in place, many of the ACA provisions we talk about are going to change. Right. With all of these cross-currents, how are these factors affecting employee stability? Well, Sean, in a tightening job market, uh, it's beginning to deliver a strong uh, uh, wage growth for U.S. workers since the recession. The unemployment rate uh, moved down to 4.9%, its lowest level since before 2007. What this all means is that employees are on the move. They're looking for higher wages and greater job opportunities and better benefits, or, th- or they're looking for uh, other opportunities and better benefits in the marketplace. Uh, it becomes more fluid. Employers are beginning to see this trend as they see increases in what they pay in unemployment taxes in their state. So are there any new trends developing in the marketplace as a result of all these pressures you're describing? Yeah, we're seeing a movement towards lower-cost consumer-directed health plans and HMO plans. Uh, As employers look for cost savings as their premiums rise into double-digit territory, we're seeing employees willing to exchange cost savings for the multiple plan options of the past. Once they make a decision to accept an employer's offer of group, of group coverage, they're searching for the lowest cost options uh, within that offering, rather than searching for whether their physicians are in-network or not. Today, cost is the major consideration. Using your extended view lens, what marketplace developments do you see evolving between now and 2020? Well, Sean, I see some trends that will affect the marketplace between now and then. A PPO plan as we know it today will become extinct in the group benefits marketplace. They'll be replaced by HMOs who will act as gatekeepers and EPOs, exclusive provider organizations, that only covers within its network of providers but allows the patient to see in-network specialists without a referral. I also see an increase in consumer-directed health plans, which cost less on average than other plans, and where enrollment is increasing. In this area, the Trump administration has expressed an interest in seeing health savings uh, account and other account balance programs used in a greater number. The third factor I see today is that we live in an era of big data. The IRS has the ability, working in conjunctions, Uh, with other federal agencies to identify contradictory data supplied on both individual and employee uh, forms as well as the employer data. So the IRS has given large employers two years to establish an employee tracking system. Failure to have a system in place could lead to increased audits at the end of 2017 and probably the first quarter of 2018. Uh, in an attempt to enforce both the individual and employer mandate to provide health insurance coverage. Both of those mandates are up for review early uh, in the Trump presidency. That's what I see. Stuart, understanding what you just shared with us, how can 
employers protect themselves from these upcoming changes? Well, uh, employers need to depend on their their benefit consultants and HR professionals to stay current on the changes which could affect their business operations. The continued success of their business depends on attracting and retaining quality employees. From a competitive standpoint, they need to periodically review what programs they have in place and how successful they are in meeting the goals of their organization. With the changes you predict in the future, um, do you see the large employer marketplace as an area that will survive these problems? And uh, if so, can you tell us why you see what you do? Well, the ACA definition of large applicable employer beginning at 50 plus, uh, this is the second largest category of employers after the small group marketplace. With a U.S. population of around 324 million people, around 170 million people receive their health benefits from large employers. Regardless of any changes made to the ACA law in a new presidency in Congress, this is too large of a population segment to ignore. So when you look at the individual and small group markets, it is the large employer market that's the most stable in the benefits world. That will not change over time. Well, Stuart, what about with the changes in the labor market and economy overall? How do you see these issues affecting the benefits marketplace? Well, um, as I mentioned earlier, employers are beginning to look at other opportunities in the workplace. Uh, There are three distinct generation groups working today. Millennials, the largest, Generation X, the next, and the baby boomers. Each group has different workplace goals. Uh, They have a desire for greater workplace opportunity and responsibility. Uh, They look for a more uh, employee-friendly benefits program. And increasingly, uh, uh, compensation and opportunity to move into management are the things that they're looking for. How long they stay depends uh, on whether or not they're able to achieve their workplace goals. When... um we are hearing that employers are facing double-digit increases in 2017 and for the foreseeable years ahead. What can be done about these trends? Well, employers are beginning to, uh, to be more proactive with their employee benefit programs. They're tired of sitting idly by waiting for the renewal notices that come each year. Uh, they're feeling that the only time they can do something about those results they see is at, at renewal time. The tart of scrambling around 60 to 90 days before renewal to figure out uh, what they're going to do. And they're tired of the spreadsheet quotes that come in with promised results that always seem to fall short of expectations every year. Well, what other options do large employers have today? How effective are they in providing the results employers are looking for? Well, we talked about the fully insured marketplace, and we also briefly talked about the self-funded market. Uh, Another evolving market is the captive insurance market, the most advanced and effective of the group benefit options that are available out there today. Mm -hmm. Well, why are we just beginning to hear about these arrangements today? That's a good question. I guess the the reason for that is employers are tired of seeing and hearing about all of the old other options that don't work particularly well in today's 
post-ACA uh, marketplace. The rules have changed since 2010. The plan offerings have changed, and employee makeup with the company has changed. Employers want plans that are easy to work with, that respond to their needs, and where they're working wellness options to keep employees and their families healthy. Spreadsheet quotes alone are no longer acceptable. Employers are surprised to learn that the use of captives for benefit planning is now more than 20 years old. Um, can you describe what a self-funded plan is to the audience and how it works and um, what the benefits are? Sure. A self-funded plan is an arrangement by which an employer provides an employee benefit program with employer dollars instead of buying a product offered by a typical insurance carrier, for example, a Blue Cross Blue Shield or United Healthcare. In this scenario, the group stands on its own claims experience versus a pooled community rate available in the general marketplace. If they have a good claims year, they're rewarded. If it's a bad year, they receive an increase based upon their losses at renewal. The plan receives a reduced premium tax, a lower rate of medical inflation, lower fixed costs, and are able to receive data and full claims reporting for how the employees used their benefits plans. Well, what are the pluses and minuses of self-funding? Um, how have employers benefited from this arrangement over the past seven to ten years? Well, the pluses for self-funding um, are that they're better able to design a benefits uh, plan from scratch, which is more adaptable to their employee base. If the plan has the right mixture of risk management tools, the plan could potentially have a better claims experience than retail insurance products in the marketplace. There are several large ongoing claims within the group. The program will experience large rate increases for as long as those situations continue. It's generally uh, is a three-year tracking of that experience as to good and bad claims years. Mm -hmm. What is a captive insurance company, and what are the benefits of joining an arrangement like that? A captive insurance company is simply an insurer owned by its employer members. They have all the advantages of self-funding without the liability of that arrangement. If an employer has a bad year under a captive arrangement, they're protected by the collective claims experience of the other employer members of that captive program. I see, I see. Well, are captive programs a new concept, or, and why are they uh, gaining more acceptance in today's benefit marketplace? No, captive insurance arrangements were established in 1956. They were generally used to provide workers' compensation and general liability coverage for large employers. About 20 years ago, captive arrangements started to be used for benefit programs. Uh, in the growth uh, movement of employee benefit planning, captives are the most effective plan arrangement in today's group health benefit marketplace. Uh, well, how has Renaissance Captive Solutions uh, developed and how effective is it today? Well, Renaissance Captive Solutions was developed with the idea of taking the most unpleasant parts of providing a benefits plan uh, having to deal with insurance companies and their 15% uh, plus profit margins, also take the most volatile parts of the group's claims risk, uh, the frequent 
the frequent uh, chronic claims and giving employers back the control of their plans that they had many years ago. This is done by providing employers with a turnkey solution where they have continued input into every step along the way. The way employers see how their employees are using the benefits uh, they provide, in addition, they get real claims data each month uh, to see what is actually happening with their program. Okay. Well, um, is the cap is the captive? Um, you know, how does the arrangement with Renaissance Captive Solutions work? Well, when an employer decides that they would like to move ahead with this arrangement, they sign a letter of intent acknowledging their interest. We then collect data uh, about the group's existing benefit programs. We perform a feasibility study at our expense uh, to determine if the group is suitable for the Renaissance Captive Solutions Program. Uh, we provide the working rates for the group, uh, employee, employee spouse, employee child, full family, and we assist the employer to complete all the financial arrangements and documents uh, to enter the program. Okay. Well, um, is the captive arrangement right for all large employers? No, Sean. The Renaissance Captive Solutions Program is not for all employers. It's the right choice for employers who take a long-term view towards risk management and have a strong belief in managing their costs. Uh, as I said, we conduct a feasibility study at our expense to determine if an employer group is the right fit uh, for Renaissance or not. Okay, okay. Well, uh, with a captive program, is the employer claim exposure unlimited? No. Uh, employers cap their financial exposure by purchasing stop-loss insurance coverage. We use stop-loss factors to build a monthly premium equivalent comparable to a traditional uh, fully insured group plan. Okay. Well, is it difficult for employers to budget for claims? Now, employers will find the program easy to work with with their existing payroll systems. Uh, rate tiers are made to work within the employer's specific payroll deduction needs. Uh, for example, as I mentioned, single employee, employee plus spouse, employee plus child or full family. Uh, also, pay period frequency uh, for all employees, full-time, part-time, seasonal, are easy to adapt to the employer's tracking system. Okay, if an employer, large employer currently doesn't provide group insurance to their employees, can they participate in this captive? Yes, they must be the kind of employer who finally decides, especially because of the ACA compliance rules, that this is the time to step forward and provide a health benefits program that will be as good for the employees as it will be for them. Employers are beginning to realize that you don't escape the compliance requirements of the ACA. Uh, paying the tax penalty is non-deductible under the law's requirements. Uh, so, you know, paying, uh, if the employees go to the state exchanges, the employers will be further penalized. Uh, we will help and work with any employer who decides that they would like to join this arrangement. Okay, okay. Well, with all the specific uh, arrangements, can uh, be explained once an employer decides to participate in the program, or will they be explained, rather? Yeah, once the feasibility study is complete, 
and it's confirmed that the employer is an acceptable risk for the captive program, we will take the employer through the entire process from start to finish, uh, including all the, the applicable plan documents and enrollment into the program. We're always available for consultation, uh, and our call center is available uh, for employees throughout the workday uh, hours. Uh, our wellness program components will fill in any areas needed to obtain coverage treatment on a 24-7 basis. Well, will all these specific arrangements be explained once an employer decides to participate in the program? Yeah, I just mentioned that, uh, Sean. Okay, all right. Well, what are the targeted employee savings in this captive program, and how is it possible to achieve these program goals? Uh, the targeted savings for this program is uh, $1,000 to $2,000 or more per employee per year. Uh, this is possible because we developed a program in which all the internal parts, including the risk management tools, work seamlessly together. And we're able to track the results every month during the plan year to make sure everything is working as expected. Okay. Well, wh why is it that employees will more likely achieve their per-employee savings goals in this captive program compared to other benefit options out there in the marketplace today? Well, I guess the, the one major point to stress with this program is that this is, this is the major part of a three-part employee program. Uh, employee costs vary per employer. Uh, their payroll costs usually range somewhere between 34 and 38% of payroll expense. So we help employers to look at the benefit costs, their workers' compensation costs, and their state unemployment tax costs. Not surprisingly, when a benefit program like this improves uh, its overall results, these other costs come down, providing a more stable employee uh, population. It's not surprising to expect that over a 36-month time period, results could easily range between $1.2 million and $1.5 million uh, and more for 100 uh, lives or larger group. It's more realistic to achieve these results with this program because the employer uh, has hands-on control of what's going on and can make adjustments uh, quickly as they're needed. Uh, they are joined by other like-minded employers who are following the same marching orders to achieve their similar results. Could an employer be asked to leave the captive program, and if so, why? Yes, employers who aren't actively engaged in cost containment measures, including uh, promoting all of the benefits included in our wellness program, and have continuously had poor claims experience in spite of our joint efforts, may be asked to leave. Uh, if they don't choose to follow the plan rules, uh, they don't belong uh, in a captive program. Okay, well, so if so, how does an employer exit the captive program? Well, employers may exit the captive uh, by terminating their agreement with the initial three-year term. Uh, early termination will result in forfeiture of potential investment income, underwriting profit, uh, and their posted collateral. Okay, well, if so, what are the consequences if an employer decides to terminate this plan after the first or second year? If they do this after the first or second year, they'll be responsible for a reduced termination fee 
equal to about 50% of the annual administration fees that all participants pay, uh, plus the loss of their collateral uh, against possible shortfalls in claims uh, for the captive in that plan year that they decide to leave. I see. Uh, what is the expected participation level for each group? Uh, no less than 75% of the eligible employees. All full-time eligible and our full-time equivalent employees are considered eligible, uh, even if the employee is waiving coverage for any reason. I see. Well, what is the minimum contribution level for these employees, or per employee? The, the minimum contribution level per employee is 75%. Uh, that's to ensure an acceptable level of employee employer uh, participation in the overall program. Okay. How does an employer stay involved with monitoring and uh, how uh, his employee are using the, pro the program? Well, the employer will receive monthly and quarterly reports about how plan participants are using the program. The data will identify the areas of utilization, including claims, uh, where they're pending and paid, the wellness program components, and if funding accounts are being provided, how they are being used. All of this provides a very accurate picture uh, of the hands-on management of the employer's plan. The extent to which this data is available is something most employers have never experienced before. What eligibility slash waiting period does the plan contain? Uh, typically, 90 days. Uh, however, exceptions can be made for those employees needing to uh, to obtain a license. For example, you know, bar exam, a medical license, or other required professional license. Okay. Okay. Uh, what does what uh, what action takes place when an employer group drops between 51 covered lives? And uh, also, what size groups does this program cover? Well, the employer, okay, the, the Renaissance Captive uh, uh, Program uh, is, is targeted to, uh, to 51 plus. Um, if an employer, had, they have 90 uh, days to fill the drop participant uh, uh, position. Um, after that, they'll receive a notice of termination from the captive. If the participation drops after mid-year and the group does not qualify, uh, they will not be renewed. Uh, the group may qualify for an alternative program at that time. Uh, we don't leave them uncovered. We work with groups of 51 to 1,000 employees, Sean. Okay, okay. Well, how many plan options does this program have? Well, the Renaissance Captive Solution Program uh, has three plan options, the gold, the silver, and the bronze. The employer may have just one plan, the bronze plan, which is ACA uh, uh, compliant, two plans, or all three plans. The employer decides uh, what he would like to offer based upon the makeup of his employees. Uh, if there are multiple classes, multiple generation groups, uh, that is something the employer may want to think about carefully. Uh, we're here to help them in that process. Well, will this program plan match uh, to an employer's existing program? No, we do not plan match or spreadsheet uh, with our plan offerings. We've carefully chosen the plans that we provide. Uh, we're able to do variations of our plans uh, to suit the employer's needs, and we'll work closely to satisfy their company requirements. 
but we do that within the parameters of the programs that we developed. Okay, okay. What kind of funding account options does this program provide? Uh, we provide an employer with the ability to add funding accounts uh, to their core uh, benefit uh, program. Uh, and these include health savings accounts, either on an employer pay, split pay, or employee pay all basis, flexible spending accounts set up to an employer's selected maximum amount, including the option, uh, option in, uh, to run out period, and a health reimbursement account funded by the employer with termination instructions. Uh, all of this makes for the total flexibility of this captive program. The targeted per-employee savings we work towards are more easily achieved in this program because of the tracking we do in plan utilization every month. Well, if a group wants to have a combination of core medical plan, uh, optional benefits, and voluntary benefits, can this be arranged? Yeah, in addition to our core health plans, Renaissance has a full menu of ancillary and voluntary benefits. Uh, we do that because each group that joins uh, has their own mixture of generation groups as employees. We find that the diverse needs of those subgroups requires us to provide these additional benefits on an individual or group basis. Uh, we found that those added selected benefits help to support the core benefit program uh, utilizing our risk management tools to provide good overall claims experience. And they support good decision-making uh, at renewal time. Wow, Stuart, this has been a lot of really important information, and I'm sure our listeners will have a lot more specific questions about this program. Uh, but with what we covered today, I can see where employers can finally turn uh, some long-term relief to their group health benefits planning. To contact Stuart, uh, you can reach him at stuart.slonin, S-L-O-N-I-N, at rcs-ins.com. Uh, his telephone number, 561-203-1313. Stuart, thank you for taking the time and sharing this information with us today. Uh, this is Sean McGuire. Thank you to our audience again for joining us on another edition of America's Healthcare Challenge. Have a wonderful and prosperous day to all of you. Uh, goodbye.